0: The recent elections in Argentina are going to have massive ripple effects across South America. The country that's probably most affected is its neighbor to the east, Uruguay. Uruguay has built a lot of its economic growth model on trying to attract the wealthy from Argentina who are tired of the country's disastrous economic policies for the last several decades. However, if Argentina is going to be doing a policy U-turn, what does that mean for Uruguay? We'll discuss this. Welcome to Analyzing Finance with Nick. I'm Nick Pardini from Davos Macro Research, where we translate the developments of what's going on throughout the world in terms of politics and economics into actionable business and investment decisions. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the economic future of Uruguay. And Uruguay has been a major success story in South America. Uh, it's been often compared to Chile. However, Uruguay has taken a slightly different direction with a more generous social welfare state, which has probably helped in preventing having some of the uh, political chaos that Chile isn't having recently. And, but at the same time, it has been in more recent years uh, more aggressive in terms of liberalizing its economy. Uh, Uruguay, as recently as the 1980s, was a very autarkic society which had heavy protectionism to encourage domestic industry, as well as having a very bloated size of a state relative to how limited economic development was at the time, resulted in a currency crisis and a major recession in the 80s. And since then, Uruguay has pivoted to branding itself as the Switzerland of Latin America. Uh, They've done this by becoming a more favorable place for capital. They've done this by lowering taxes, especially for foreigners. And they've also done this for just improving its overall business climate. And Switzerland and Uruguay are similar in a lot of ways in the sense that they have political stability, they have a reputation of being a safe place for capital, and they're self-sufficient in the core geopolitical industries that they need to be to be able to have an independent foreign economic policy decisions. Uh, Uruguay is fully energy independent and also fully food independent. It's a major exporter of agricultural goods, including beef. And it has the second best stakes in the world to Argentina, where they're pretty much 1A and 1B, based on my personal experience in both countries. And Uruguay recently has converted its entire electrical grid to renewable power. They still need to import fossil fuels for um, some gas powered cars and trucks that are still in the country and airplanes but uh over the last four months Ur- uruguay has ran its entire electricity grid on 100 percent renewable energy which is fairly impressive and so these are all strengths uruguay and the results have paid off uruguay GDP per capita has gone up from about 5,000 USD a year to in the low 20,000 USD per year since 2005. And it has surpassed Chile to be the highest uh, uh, GDP per capita of any country in South America. So, however, the thing is, what is going to be challenging for Uruguay is if Argentina does a policy pivot and becomes a business friendly country, how is Uruguay going to be able to compete? Um, Argentina has much lower prices for real estate than Uruguay. Argentina is a much bigger consumer market and as a much more important global city in Buenos Aires. So if it got, gets stacked together, um, Uruguay is going to have to match. Uh, so, there, or they could possibly just be left behind. Like, you don't need a safe haven refuge if the governance of the country that everybody is fleeing from gets better. Uh, so far, the, after the first round of elections, actually, you've seen more demand from wealthy Argentines in Uruguay because there's still a lot of uncertainty going on with how effective Javier Molay actually will be. So in the short term, Uruguay probably benefits from the recent election as it's a a good place to hedge one's bets. Longer term, however, it could have some challenges if a lot of the wealthy Argentines who've been moving their capital to Uruguay over the past several decades uh, repatriate to the homeland. Uh, That could be a challenge. Uruguay also has a um, considerably old country and it's aging bef- at a faster pace before it reaches first world living standards. And that is going to be a challenge. I think that's also why they're trying to encourage foreign wealth to move to Uruguay. Like the most recent president in Uruguay has uh, actually proposed a very interesting tax policy where if you have lived in Uruguay for at least two months out of the year, for 10 years, and you have by at least 350000 USD worth of real estate or any hard asset in the country, you can effectively have um, economic citizenship in the country. And the main advantage of that is any income earned outside of Uruguay would be untaxed for 10 years, and then just at 12% for any point... Forward from that, which is the same as the Canton of Zug, which is the lowest um, income tax region in the entire developed world. So you, so this is like if you're not American, because if you're American, just due to our tax laws, uh, you will benefit from this. Uruguay is not just a tax haven on an island in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it is kind of remote for most of the developed economies in the northern hemisphere but it's actually a very nice place to go i mean i've spent some time personally in punta del este and i'll show some pictures um over the next uh, few minutes here and it is a very favorable climate it's a more mild version of the southeastern united states Um, it doesn't really snow there you have nice oceans and great waves to surf you've got um a very lively um, social scene of the well-to-do of Latin America coming down here in the winter months and um, or which this their summer months due to being on the opposite hemisphere. And it, it has a very cool vibe. Like Puna del Este, from my experience, is a mix of Corona del Mar California, M- Miami and monaco and unlike other parts of latin america it doesn't really have the problems of homelessness or extreme poverty that is very common throughout the region like i felt more safe in puna del este than i do in southern california um and it's kind of the word is getting out and this could become uruguay if they brand themselves right can become the switzerland of uh Latin America, I would say Singapore, but it's not city states. There's actually a lot of interior rural area. It's still not that big of a country. It's only about 3.5 million people in population, and the land size is like the size of a mid sized US state. But it's enough that they can be solely food self sufficient and energy self sufficient and have enough space for people to live without too expensive housing costs. So Yeah, overall, the future is pretty bright for Uruguay. It's just that now with Argentina getting its act together, they're going to have to have pressure to become even more competitive in order to prevent repatriation or just to encourage migration to Uruguay. Maybe they'll have to start marketing to Americans and Europeans and people outside of South America uh, if they want to continue um, upscaling and growing their population. Uh, the other thing that Uruguay could do is full-on dollarization as well. Uh, Uruguay is, has their own currency. It's had inflation problems, not as bad as Argentina, but it still has a not the best history of inflation. However, 60% of the economy is already dollarized. The whole lending system and the banking industry is dollarized in Uruguay. and The real estate market is dollarized, but for individual consumer purchases, it's still local currency. But if Argentina dollarizes and Uruguay is very economically integrated with Argentina, then Uruguay may be in their best interest to join them on that path. And as I like to do with every one of these videos, I'm going to compare Uruguay to a US state. And the case of Uruguay I'm going to compare it to one of the smaller states in the U.S. because Uruguay is one of the smaller countries in South America. And it's actually similar in land size to the state that I'm mentioning. And that is North Dakota. Um, And they have very much opposite climates. Uruguay is warm and mild in terms of its climate. uh, Whereas North Dakota is very cold and volatile with its climate. Cold winters, hot summers. Uh, And Uruguay is more coastal and North Dakota is in the, almost the geographic center of the continent of North America. But there are quite a bit of similarities, surprisingly. One is they're both relatively small in population. Uruguay is 3.5 million. North Dakota is 779,000 people. Um, if you look at their nominal GDPs, they're both within $4 billion of each other with Uruguay's nominal GDP being $77 billion, and North Dakota's being $73 billion. Uh, They also, in terms of GDP cap- per capita, North Dakota is way more successful in terms of individual living standards and economic output. Uh, North Dakota is... $94,000 in chief per your which is in the top three in ter- or maybe the top state in terms of the highest average income of its population. A lot has to do with the success of the oil industry there, but it's also a well run business friendly state and it has relatively productive people who live there. So they had, it's relatively well-educated as well. So uh, North Dakota uh, is surprisingly—you don't really think about it that way—but it is—it's a, a major success story in the United States, especially for how geographically remote it is. Uh, Uruguay is—is is their GDP cap is only about twenty-one thousand seven hundred dollars U.S., but in its neighborhood, that is the best. It's ahead of any others, so the only country that's even close being Chile uh in terms of fortune 500 companies um uruguay beats north dakota one to zero and the one company that is a Fortune 500 company headquartered in uruguay is mercado libre which is kind of like the amazon and ebay of latin america it um it's it's technically an argentine company originally but they relocated its headquarters to montevideo some time ago and so it's headquartered in uruguay uh and it's uh $80 billion market cap, fairly large company, whereas North Dakota has none. I mean, it's it's, given how small and remote North Dakota is, even if an entrepreneur does start a company in North Dakota, they're likely to eventually move their corporate headquarters elsewhere where there's a larger labor pool and it makes it easier for business travel and other things. A farmland... As a percentage of the regions are both very high these are both very agriculture focused states 90 percent of north dakota's land is owned by some sort of farm and in uruguay it's a little bit over 80 uh, percent they have different crops um, whereas north dakota's probably wheat is a big driver um, in uruguay it's cattle and for livestock and for grains it's soybeans uh, and then the last one, which is kind of surprisingly high for North Dakota's case, is tourism as a percent of GDP, which is four percent. And this is why I say it's surprisingly high is because North Dakota is actually the least visited state in the United States. I mean, I've surprisingly have been in North Dakota, but I stopped. I took a detour to stop there on a road trip from Montana to Mount Rushmore, Uruguay as 9% of its GDP from tourism. Most of that tourism is in neighboring countries, Brazil to the north and Argentina to the west. Doesn't get that much visitors from Europe or the United States. In fact, really, when I went to Uruguay, people would talk to me in Spanish and they noticed my Spanish wasn't the best. And so they would say, oh, don't worry about it. You must be Brazilian. Uh, overall, those are my, I think Uruguay is in doing a great job with its economy and it's kind of just in a transition process to pivot to being the switzerland of latin america however now with argentina possibly getting its act together uruguay is going to have to offer a much better value proposition other than just being a hedge against its neighbors failures thank you for watching